0: Hey guys, I'm Ezra with
1: Team OTB, and you are watching the Chain Clankers Podcast. You're listening to the Chain Clankers Podcast with your hosts, Quentin Ferris and Horatio Gonzalez. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Chain Clankers. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Chain Clankers podcast. I'm your host, Q, here as always with Horatio Gonzalez. We've got a great show for you guys today. Last week, we sat down with USDGC champion, Chris Dickerson. If you haven't listened to it already, make sure you go check it out. It was a fantastic conversation. We literally went hole for hole pretty much through the end of the USDGC and learned a lot in that episode. So definitely go check that one out. Today, we've got Ezra Adder hold on today's show it was a fantastic show Horatio what are the people going to learn in today's show
2: yeah this is an awesome episode Uh, Ezra really led us into his life um, just as far as pretty much everything in his day-to-day so he gave us a quick little clinic on distance especially for new players on how to improve your distance we know that's something that matters to everyone so if you're looking to improve your distance try and get more birdies during your rounds definitely Pay attention to that. And then we also talked a little bit about tour life. He's been on tour for a while now. And if you follow him on YouTube, you know that he uh, tours in his car. And for being one of the most yoked guys in disc golf, he makes it work. But he's doing it because he's doing what he loves. So that's really cool. We talk about that. And then sponsors. If you're a new player, if you're looking to eventually get sponsored or something, he kind of gave us some – Some uh, tips and stuff on that and kind of just playing your game and how to work on getting sponsored and what he is looking at right now and what he hopes for the next year or so as far as sponsors. And we talked a little bit about consistency, just an overall diet and field training and stuff like that. He is a very dedicated player. This is what he does for a living. So he takes it very seriously. So uh, he gives us some tips and tricks on that, but It's a really good episode. This one's a little bit shorter than most that we've done, so it's a nice little quick listen. Definitely full of good content, so without further ado, let's get Ezra on here.
1: Ezra, welcome into the show. Super excited to have you on. One of the top young guns in the Disc Golf Pro Tour right now on the come up. We've seen you play really, really strong in 2020. Super excited for 2021 and super excited to have you on today's show. How are we doing today, my man? Doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man, mean, super stoked to have you. And I just want to start with this first question. Um, you know, looking at some of the other disc golfers that are out there on tour right now, would you say you are the most jacked disc golfer out there?
0: Oh, boy. Um, I think I'm probably up, though. I know Austin Tornall is in really good shape as well. He doesn't tour as much, but he's a team disc golf player. Yeah, he's, he's in really good shape, too.
1: Nice. I had someone on Instagram... Uh, we were talking, and, and he said, is, "Is Ezra just doing curls while everyone else is throwing their their tee shot? Like is my man just constantly getting gains out there?"
0: I don't practice disc golf at all. I just go to the gym. Nice, <laughs>
1: nice. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, my man. Love to have it. Love to have you on the show. Where can people follow you at on uh, Instagram, YouTube? They can. I know you got a pretty popping YouTube channel right now. I've been tapping in. Yeah, the YouTube's been
0: t- kind of taking off. It's kind of insane. Uh, yeah, the YouTube is just my name, Ezra Adelhold, and then my Instagram is at FalthEzzy.
1: Nice, nice. How many subscribers are we at up there on YouTube? I think we're almost at 14K. Nice, that's awesome, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I know the last couple of videos I've really been tapping into, I want to say the distance driver one I really tapped into that throwing putters one I really tapped into. Yeah. I really, I really like them. I think there's some really good videos. So let's, I guess, kind of start this interview off with, you know, when did you get into disc golf? When was the first time that you kind of picked up a disc and kind of started to play disc golf?
0: So I first like found out about disc golf just kind of randomly when I was like 15 years old. I think my, my dad would have rental houses that we would help like fix up. And so, one day for lunch we went to like the the local city park to eat some cantaloupe for lunch or something and we thought we must have just put the course in so then uh we saw some people playing it we thought it looked kind of fun didn't didn't like catch on right away um and then i think my brother ended up playing disc golf with one of his friends a little bit after that and like found a disc and then so we'd like we'd like had that and then we ended up going to the course with like some ultimate frisbee discs and uh like that one like we got it was a wahoo i think and of a wahoo Yeah, yeah, We just kind of played around with that and then started playing around, um, just like we we lived out of town, so we had like four acres, so we would play like object golf. Oh, cool, cool. Yes, that's, and then, and then I didn't really, I wasn't too serious with it until, um, until I turned like 19.
2: What did that, what is, what do you mean, uh, serious? What did that look like for you going, becoming serious?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, at the beginning, it was just, just super casual, just kind of playing courses and kind of just playing with my, my brothers and my dad, um, and then right out of high school i play, I played golf in high school, so that was my main uh, focus and then right out of high school, um, my brother and I bought four houses to like fix up and flip, so that that took a whole summer. on then kind of realized like I wanted to be like a like a real estate mogul and kind of realized that maybe that wasn't for me that you know even if we had a bunch of money from that, it wasn't necessarily the most fun thing to do yeah. and uh, so then it, I kind of just thought you know maybe disc golf would be a better fit for me it'd it allow me to travel and kind of um, just be a little bit more free. And uh, so then I just decided to kind of go full commitment into that and just started filming myself a ton and uh, trying to kind of get my technique up to have like a really strong base.
1: Nice. I think that's a really good way to kind of get into it and making sure you're doing the correct things. I, I know at least for us two, filming ourselves has really been important in figuring out how to get better. I know that I was even, I was having a problem. I'm probably still having the same problem with my drives. And so being able to film myself, being able to see how I'm coming through and, and spinning and, you know, the power pocket and all that stuff has really been helpful. So I guess when has, or I guess, A better question then is how long have you been on tour? You know, before this year, maybe not a whole lot of people knew your name, especially with all the COVID stuff and the new people coming into the sport. How long have you been on tour? When did you kind of decide, I guess that moment of I'm going to go on tour. This is something I want to do full time. Was it, you know, during that real estate kind of phase being like, you know, I'd I'd rather play disc golf or was there something after that? Maybe a tournament that really kind of lit that fire inside?
0: Yeah, it was it was it was I think just kind of right after we were start, we got done with the houses and we were trying to sell them all. That's kind of when I decided that I wanted to make this my career. And uh, it took it took about two years of just just basically filming myself. Um, I didn't really play on the quals at all. And then uh, like a year and a half ago, um, I think in like March is when I entered my first tournament. And uh, yeah, then from then on, I've just kind of known that this is definitely what I want to do. I love the competition side of it.
2: So I could definitely see it being a little bit easier now, you know, if like a 19, 20 year old is like, hey, mom, dad, or friends, I want to go and play disc golf professionally. Here's this uh, kid, Haley King, he, she's what, 17, 18, and she just won like 20K, and then it was on ESPN. So being able to show people that and being showing them that it's taken off and it's big and it's something you can do and go make money. Three four years ago, what did that look like? Did was it a little bit harder to show that
0: to people? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a lot more money uh, in disc golf now. I think there's a lot more money in disc golf than I think most people even know about. So I think it'd be good if we could if we could get like contracts um, out there too to kind of uh, incentivize kids to be more interested. You know, I could definitely see kids wanting to to pursue disc golf and then look at the PDJ payout and see that punk Beth made forty thousand last year. Like, Yeah. And obviously he made way more than that. So I think it'd be nice if we could, if we could push that side of it a little bit more to kind of uh, incentivize that, but yeah, three or four years ago, um, I guess I just, yeah, I didn't think there was really any money in it. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it wasn't,
1: wasn't a financial decision by any means. Okay. When you say contract, are you, are you more meaning like, like for example, like Patrick Mahomes for the chiefs, everyone knows that he has a $15 billion, 12 year contract. Are you talking more like that for disc golfers? Or just knowing that disc golfers can get contracts.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of the same thing as that. I mean, obviously, it's not to that extent, but I mean, um, just with with the different companies, the sponsorship opportunities,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it, it's a similar, it's a similar thing. I feel like just a little bit less, but still, I mean, a lot of a lot of the pros can make a, a pretty comfortable living on tour.
2: Now, since you've been on tour this whole time, have there been any moments where you have, you know? Um, kind of question it, and you're be like, what am I doing? Or like, maybe I should head home and go back into real estate? Or has it been pretty, pretty fun?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, those definitely been stretches where I wasn't playing, you know, even close to as well as I would like, or as I would expect. Um, I don't know if I really questioned, if I really questioned it. Um, I get, you know, people will ask me, like, if, if disc golf doesn't walk out about what, what I would do, I guess. And, and I would say go back to real estate, but um, I guess I haven't played bad enough for long enough to, to really consider that seriously, you know, at this point.
1: That's good. That's that's good. That's good to hear. We don't want you to go back to real estate. We want you to stay in disc golf. Th- I'm like uh, both yeah. think yeah. Yeah, we both think you have a very bright future ahead, especially watching how you play the game. And I've been very impressed all year long. I had you in, in that Pro Tour Championship. I think I had you going to the finals. Um, so, hey, we'll see what happens this year. I apologize, dude. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I was trying to win that Bushnell range I said, my man's got this. I see the strength in his game. Let's go for it. But uh, really, so I guess something that maybe not a whole lot of people know about, because uh, our show is mainly trying to talk to those newer players and uh, those who are kind of on the come up right now. And so what is OTP discs? You know, a lot of people know what disc craft is, or they know what dynamic discs is. And if, uh, what what is OTB? And wh- when did you kind of get involved with OTB?
0: Yeah. So OTB is, it's mostly an online uh, retailer. They sell like any disc you want, any, any company's brand, any, any discs. Um, they sell a, like a bunch of just disc golf related stuff. They also have uh, like an actual store in Stockton, California. Um, but the, the nicest thing about, about OTB that kind of sets them apart, I would say is that they tell you the dome and the stiffness of every disc along with the weight. They tell you, they give you a picture of every disc. It's uh, it's like virtually having the disc in your hand. Uh, it's it's a really really good experience on the website um, how I got involved with them at falls, so I actually played in a tournament in Texas last winter and uh, I got paired up with Nate Paulkins for two rounds hmm. and then he, he I guess he was impressed with, with my game and kind of saw some potential and uh, he ended up going on the OTB podcast a little bit after that and kind of hyped me up and kind of said that they should try to pick me up and then they ended up reaching out and I you know I was like I definitely have to take the opportunity and Uh, it's been a really, a really cool journey ever since then. Awesome.
2: So I guess talking a little bit about, about sponsors and kind of stuff like that, you're kind of in a stage right now where you're kind of looking for that, looking for a sponsorship. Um, I've always been interested kind of as a player who's trying to get sponsored. I know some people would throw a certain company for a long time and then eventually get picked up by that company. Um, you being sponsored by OTV, you kind of throw everything, whatever you want. Is there is there something where you're trying to figure out like maybe a company that you would like to go to, or are you kind of just open to anything?
0: Yeah, um, I'm definitely open to to any options. We we kind of want to make sure that we pick the best company that will set us up the best for the long term. Um, mm-hmm. I I think it'd be I think it'd be fairly easy to switch to any of the the discs manufacturers. I think everybody kind of makes some pretty solid stuff. Yeah, but yeah, I mean. I don't have like a huge preference, I guess. We're, we're, we're kind of in talks now, and we're trying to trying to hopefully get something to, to happen somewhat soon. But I don't have oh, any awesome. from, you know, I can yeah, say.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. No, sure. that's totally okay. Hey, I'm just glad that you're having the talks. Um, I know there's a lot of people who would like to see you be signed by one of those big manufacturers and – we literally, Horatio and I have had this discussion many of times of who we think it's inevitably going to be and how that could kind of change the, the landscape because you do look at some of these companies, you know, of us got Ricky and Calvin, Dynamic Discs, they've got Eric and Chris, and then you see, you know, Dishcraft with Paul, Brody, Haley King, Paige Pierce. So, definitely interesting to see where you'll fit in. I know our fans are super excited. They can't wait to find out and can't wait to watch you in 2021. Um, we're super excited as well. Real quick before we move off of the subject, I know you have a promo code for OTB. And when people listen to this on Monday, it'll be Cyber Monday. So, I don't know if they're going to be doing any special deals, but th- throw out that promo code for everyone.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Definitely use code Ezra at checkout on otbdiscs.com for free shipping. Nice. Helps you guys nice. Helps me out
1: nice 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 we'd love to see it so uh, I guess the next thing that we kind of want to talk about and I think a lot of new folk who get into disc golf they really want to figure out how can they just absolutely bomb their discs how you know they see guys like Paul Ricky yourself Calvin and they see him throwing them 500 feet on coverage and they're like damn why am I only throwing 275? And it like was perfect. So I guess we kind of want to get into a discussion about distance and maybe driving for them. Now, this will be on YouTube as well. So for those of you who uh, want to watch on YouTube, you can, it's at chain clankers. But what I guess are just kind of some basic tips that you would give someone, let's say you're doing a camp or a clinic or something like that. What are some basic tips that maybe you're looking for that people can record and kind of look at themselves to kind of maybe improve their distance?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, just first of all, technique is everything. Um, obviously, being in shape helps a lot too. Um, but technique is really the premium for, for distance. And then in that in that category of, of technique, timing is the next big thing. So you know, so I would look for, I would look for when the hips are rotating, when the shoulders are rotating, when the reach back happens, um, when the if, if that's lined up with with that front foot planting, also some kind of key things you can look at. Um, I would also look to try to make sure that the reach back is nice and full, and also in line with the pole and not across you know, your body or anything like that um and then also that the power pocket gets into the right spot with kind of 90 degree angles uh, right here and uh yeah i've got some youtube videos kind of talking about some of this stuff too but those are kind of some of the things that i would probably look for that a lot of people kind of uh messed up i guess
2: okay how m- how much i guess how important do you think distance is starting out i know for playing games going out with your buddies you cannot get birdies if you can't throw that distance, obviously, because you got to park it and you got to get that distance to be able to hit those birdies. But starting out to build good habits, build a good uh, form of playing, how important would you say distance is in the overall game for new players?
0: Um, Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, obviously, like, it's not how far it's how many. So if you wanted to shoot low, you'd have to just, you know, be more accurate and more consistent. That's kind of the main thing. Um, but I feel like technique kind of helps with with distance and accuracy kind of at the same time so I think if you try to just improve technique then both will kind of fall into place so I think I think for anybody um, that's kind of that's kind of where I would start
1: nice and so improving on that technique and uh, we have said this many times on our show field work is arguably the most important thing you can do to get better how many times a week would you do field work comparatively to maybe doing practice rounds or something like that
0: i'll usually do both every day i mean this is you know it's kind of all i do so i'll i'll, I'll usually you know putt and throw shots and uh try to film uh i don't film every day anymore but um probably most days and then uh and i'll usually play like a practice round as well so uh, but yeah field work was def- definitely super important if you can get yourself on film and slow it down and then if you can compare it side to side to like an elite athlete, an elite throw, that uh, that definitely helps a lot.:
2: How do you break down your field work? Do you have like a schedule or do you like something you need to work on, your weaknesses or how does that look?
0: Yeah, so since since the uh, season's ended, I've been trying to walk on kind of my touch approach game. so I've been, I've been throwing my puddles like 200 feet, um, trying to, trying to walk on that and trying to strengthen some of the, the pulse of the game that I don't necessarily have. Um, like I feel like my side arms a little bit weak. So I've been working on that um, like side arm angles, trying to put the disc on anhyzer, I definitely to improve on that. And, and uh, yeah, trying to, trying to get my weaknesses um, to a point where I'm confident that I can execute.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So I know a question that I have is when you're driving comparatively to maybe when you're throwing an approach shot, how different is your form like are you still you know head down every time pulling back and throwing as hard as you can or like are you slowing yourself down or is it more of a you know i'm gonna change the disc speed so i can kind of try to keep everything the same and you know let the disc kind of do most of the work like what are what are some big differences maybe between an approach shot and a, a drive
0: yeah so i like to i like to ideally kind of throw every shot the same speed so if i'm if i'm like 300 maybe. 30 feet, I can just throw a putter, and then anything after that, I can just, you know, use more discs, so I can just use use the same speed, but then if I have to throw something that's 250, then I have to, uh, I'll still use a putter, but I'll have to slow my technique down a little bit, um, maybe not reach back quite as far, and uh, yeah, just kind of condense it where it's not as powerful.
2: How important are, like, putters in your game? I know a lot of people, sometimes I go play, especially if I'm in the woods or something, and I'll pull out a putter. Because I know it's going to be a much slower disc, and I can uh, control it a little better than a high-speed disc. How much do you use that in your regular game?
0: Uh, yeah, a lot. Honestly, kind of anytime I can. If it's uh, if it's a short enough hole, I definitely love throwing the putter. It it for me it, it holds the tightest line, so it's the most accurate, you know. Um, and then it also has the le- the least amount of ground play as well. The less the le- the less uh, the least amount of skip, so you can kind of control it after it uh, finishes flying too. So. Yeah, puddles are definitely uh, a really important part of the game.
1: Yeah, do you have a favorite putter to kind of throw for driving and approaching?
0: Yeah, so right now in my bag, I have uh, three S-line P2s just at different levels of where So I have one that goes straight, one that has like a little bit of hyzer on, and then one that's pretty oval stable. And, uh, and then for four hands, I, I use the zone.
2: Let, I guess I want to get into a, bit, a little bit of um, your your tour life, I guess. Uh, so if people are watching on YouTube right now, uh, you're in your car. And I've seen a YouTube video, you know, the house tour, and really cool, like, yeah. And so doing, you did the tour of living in your car. Tell us a little bit about that, how that has been. And personally, I think that's awesome, you know, making that sacrifice. A lot of people wouldn't be willing to do that. You know, you're chasing your dreams. That's something you got to do. And you're doing it. So talk a little bit about
0: that, how that has been uh yeah it's been great i mean you know it's 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 definitely not for everybody but it's something that i've gotten used to and uh it's definitely not like it's not uh super uncomfortable i mean you know my my bed i've got six and a half feet of of length to sleep in so it's it's pretty comfortable the, the temperature is the worst thing if it gets super hot at night that's when it can get kind of uncomfortable but um i mean i've got everything in here it's kind of helped me learn how to just live with a like a small amount of stuff you know which i think is mm-hmm. kind of nice um but, yeah, it was just something I felt like, you know, it's kind of tough to get sponsored without having, like, a history of being on 2 mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's kind of hard to get on 2 without a sponsorship. So yeah, it's kind yeah. of due for a lot of playoffs trying to, trying to make that jump. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I figured this was kind of my best option to, to save some money and and uh, kind of put my name out there on 2
1: Nice. That's awesome. So would you say that allows you to participate in significantly more events than maybe other people could? Cause you're able to go to more places easier.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, I can play any, you know, any, any event I want to play and I can just drive to, and, uh, I've gotten pretty comfortable with driving, obviously having to drive nine, 10, 12 hours between events isn't the, the best thing, but I've gotten used to it. And, uh, yeah, definitely for people that, that have a house or whatever, they'll, they'll kind of tie down to where I have that, mm-hmm. that flexibility and freedom to kind of just go wherever well I want. Yeah, because that's
2: something I've always kind of thought about is there's a lot of amazing players, you know, local guys that play really good. And you don't you don't see them on tour. Sometimes if there's a tournament in Arkansas or somewhere, there might be a local guy who's a pro and he'll play that tournament because it's there and he'll win or he'll dominate. But I feel like there's a lot of those people across the U S and all over the world who can't go on tour, but there's
0: a lot of talent out there. Um, I feel like there's a lot of talent that doesn't, that just kind of stays locally. And that might, that might partially be like a, a money, uh, like a money thing too. I feel like a lot of people, if they just dominate the local scene, they can maybe be more successful, you know, money wise than if they would go on tour and maybe just place top 20 or top 25, you know, so I think that definitely plays into it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which I guess just because uh, being a pro disc golfer doesn't necessarily mean I guess you have to be on tour and do all that. Like you said, you can be successful locally and do a couple of uh, tournaments somewhere else outside of that and still have a, a home home base.
1: Is there, I guess, anywhere that you would kind of call your maybe like local grounds right now or somewhere you tend to be in more often than maybe a different place and playing in tournaments or practicing or anything like that right now?
0: Um. Texas kind of feels like a second home a little bit um I spent the winter uh actually I spent like the last two or three winters down here in Texas so I guess this is probably the closest thing I've got um South Dakota I haven't really you know I I spent like two months in quarantine back in my hometown so that's a little bit too but um I'd probably say Texas I suppose
1: what's your favorite course to play in Texas
0: um, I like Belton a lot. Belton's okay, a good qual. Okay. Um, I also like the Live Oak qualses down in San Antonio. Those are really really solid. The Beast in uh, in Waco is an amazing quals as well. Um, probably yeah, definitely have to be one of those. I feel like.
2: And Austin
0: Austin has some really good qualses too, with with Roy G. and uh, the Matt Sanoff.
2: Yeah, because I was gonna ask. So right now you're kind of in off season, so you're kind of moving around, you know, just to stay stay in the groove and training um how do you kind of pick where you go like there's so many courses how do you pick where you're going to stay for a few days and kind of do that
0: yeah so i'm mostly in austin right now i've got some buddies that i'm hanging out with and, and making making some videos for youtube and uh so it's a good way to, to kind of practice with players that are similar skill level and i can kind of feed off of them and then it'll be kind of the same thing when i go down to uh, san antonio and then when i go to Arizona, those there's, there's actually a lot of other uh, pros that have kind of gone to that area for this winch, also, I'll be able to play with them as well. So, kind of a way to kind of um, just keep the competitive nature up a little bit. And uh, I, feel, I feel like surrounding yourself with playoffs that are really solid can kind of just help your game in general.
1: Nice. Nice. That's awesome. So uh, are you planning on playing all of the Pro Tour, National Tour events that you can or, you know, those that don't overlap next season? Or do you have you kind of made a schedule for what you're going to play? I know we've seen a couple other players who have been a little bit public with what they're going to be playing next year. Have you kind of decided what you'll be playing next year?
0: Yeah. So the plan is to just play everything. Every, every Pro Tour, National Tour, Major. Um, to hopefully go to Europe if we can. Um, so I guess my schedule just kind of, just, just kind of that I haven't really picked out any, like, um, any tournaments in between, you know, uh, big tournaments yet, but, uh, definitely, definitely plan on playing all the, all the main ones.
2: Do you miss that group of kind of reminds me of not necessarily, but almost kind of like a circus, you know, kind of following the circus around the nation, like back in the day. And there's like a group or a family. Do you miss that during the off season?
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's, it's, you know, it's only been a few weeks, but it's definitely there's definitely a lot of people that I, I grew close to on to on all that I haven't seen in a while now. So um, yeah, it's definitely there's definitely you get kind of a family feel on to and It's, uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty unique experience. That's, uh, it's really cool.
1: That's awesome. So let's kind of get into our last segment before we get into our ace round, and it's kind of making sure your body's healthy and able to play disc golf as long as you can. Horatio put up a a reel and a story on our Instagram the other day talking about Thumbers, and we actually got quite a lot of feedback that said they don't really throw Thumbers because they don't want to mess their shoulder up. Is there any throw that you have that you're like, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to take the potential injury risk? Um. I don't, I don't think so. If if I could throw thumb holes, I feel like I probably would, would, uh,
0: it's not something I want to walk on as well. I feel like there's gotta be a correct way to do it. That's not bad for your shoulder. Um, as long as you don't overdo it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely important to keep your body in shape. And if there is a throw that you're doing that, that, you know, makes you feel a certain way then it's maybe a good idea to change the technique or to just kind of, you know, not use that, that, that throw, I guess.
2: Yeah. I didn't know that I was going to get that much, uh, I didn't get attacked, but people are like, "I want to play this for a long time, so I don't throw thumbers." Yeah, but it's just it's just a fun throw and it looks cool, especially if you go out with people that don't play often and you throw that. It's a really cool shot and it's useful.
0: Right, uh, That's but, yeah, a good weapon to have. A lot of people don't have it, so if you can just use that to go over obstacles instead of trying to go through them, definitely yeah, help. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's a guy that plays here locally on my course. Um, he throws thumbers all the time. He can, he can throw it over a a pond that's the shot is 280 feet and he'll just throw a thumber, but it's sweet because the basket is just on the edge on the other side of the pond. And so the thumber is awesome because it just comes straight down like a missile. So for that, it's really cool. But yeah, he must've been a baseball player or something. Cause...
0: Yeah. I don't have any kind of overhand hand game. Um, I throw grenades. That's kind of what I use. if I have to go a little top, but I feel like that's probably a little bit easier on the, yeah, on the joint. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. Yeah. So what kind of potential workouts are you doing or maybe some things you want to look for in your diet? Because we did do an episode a long time ago. It's one of our earliest episodes. If you guys haven't listened to it, uh, we sat down with Disc Golf Strong and we kind of talked about how to uh, stay in do- disc golf longer, how to keep your body healthy. But we want to hear from some more voices and, you know, how what, what workouts are you doing to get stronger, better at disc golf? And what does your diet kind of look like in order to help with that?
0: Yeah. Um so most of my most of my walkouts are just kind of general general lifting. I don't really I'm not I'm not like super tailored to disc golf. Um I don't think having muscle helps like a whole lot. I think you know it's it's kind of all in technique. So I think building muscle is, you know, it's mostly for like uh injury prevention. So if I can kind of surround the lift with that. So um I'll just do yeah, just normal like uh just lifting stuff with like, you know, dumbbells or cables or you know, whatever else. Um as far as diet. Uh, my diet's basically just beans and rice and like hot sauce and a tortilla and then peanut butter and honey sandwiches. Is kind of what I've been living off this whole season. Um, hopefully if I have like an upgraded vehicle next season and maybe have a fridge, then I can get some, some more fruits and vegetables in there too. But no, uh, no. it's kind of what I've been living off of.
2: I mean, I think that's, that's pretty good as far as the, the most of the questions we have for on tour and stuff before we get into the ACE round, is there any other stuff you wanted to talk about? Maybe that was on your mind for, uh, this
1: coming up season, um, I don't think so. Don't think so. Okay, cool. cool. Let's get into the Ace round. Uh, these are the same five questions we like to ask everyone that we do an interview with. Kind of see how their answers deviate. And I think this is one of the first times that. We have somebody who throws a whole lot of different discs. You know, obviously, Horatio, you know, we throw a whole lot of different discs. So, uh, this question, I'm very interested to hear what your response is. So, the first one is, you're taking a buddy to go buy their first set of discs. You know, what is the number one putter, the number one mid range, and the number one driver that you would tell them to get if they're just starting to play disc golf?
0: Um, I'd probably just tell them to to pick straight flying ones. So maybe just like an AVR and maybe a Buzz. And then a drive, I'd say to get a fairway drive, also um, something flippy, maybe uh, maybe like a sidewind all or something. I feel like I feel like you can probably get those at Walmart too, which would be kind of nice. So yeah, just definitely stuff that just just goes straight, so you can kind of um, kind of walk up technique that way, just to to finish.
2: Yeah, cool. All right, question number two: the favorite course that you have played, and the number one on your bucket list to play.
0: Um my favorite course is probably it's, it's between Dglo and Jonesboro those those were amazing courses. GMC had some amazing courses too. Um, so those would be up there and then for the course I want to play um I want to play uh, the European Open course. I'm, I really I really want to play that one. That'd be that'd be really cool.
1: Nice. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to see that actually happen this year and hopefully that that will that event will go on. So our third question here is what is the number one tip you would give yourself if you could go back uh, to when you very first kind of started to take disc golf seriously or maybe someone else that you're coaching is just kind of getting into disc golf? What is the number one tip that you would give them?
0: Oh, boy. Um. Gosh. I guess, uh, let's see. It's tough. Um, I guess start you know, I could do that. start at a young at a age. That's possible. Okay.
2: Yeah, I have have a couple uh, nieces and nephews who I've kind of taken out a couple of times and they kind of enjoy it. And personally, for me, it's really cool. And I, tr- I don't try to push them hard. But in my mind, that's kind of what I'm thinking is, you know, I wish someone would have started me sooner had me start playing when I was a kid because I would be a much better player now. I feel like a lot of the pros start really young.
0: Yeah, at the same time, though, I feel like a lot of people that start out at a super young age do get they kind of bone out before they hit yeah, the like yeah. ceiling. So it's it's interesting, but yeah.
2: Okay, cool. Question number four: the, Your favorite memory of playing disc
0: golf? Probably, probably winning the South Dakota State Championships last summer. That was my false. That was my false win, and uh, yeah, that one felt pretty good. So I say that.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Our final question we got for you today, Ezra, what is your number one goal moving forward in disc golf?
0: I want to be the best. I want to be the best player.
1: Nice. What is one thing you're doing to get you there?
0: Uh, just practicing every single day, you know, playing as much as I can and uh, yeah, trying to push my game to the to the limit.
1: Nice. Hopefully for all of you guys at home, you've been listening through these interviews, you've been listening to these episodes, something that you're hearing uh, more often than not is practice, practice, practice. And I'm definitely, I'm pumped up. I'm probably going to go watch a couple other of your YouTube videos, learn some things, make sure I get that disc notes down. I'm going to go out there to the field and see if I can't increase that distance and get a little bit better. Ezra, we highly appreciate your time. We appreciate you sitting down with us. Uh, Any final words you have or any sponsors you want to thank before we get out of here?
0: yeah i just want to thank otb uh discs.com for sponsoring me this whole season and supporting me and believing in me it uh it means a lot if you guys want to buy some discs definitely do that thanks to you guys for having me on uh this is this was fun i appreciate it
1: thank you so much man thank you for listening to the chain clankers podcast make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at chain clankers and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us from so you never miss another episode